What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 38 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a peak bagger. And every single week on this show, I interview other people that fit those descriptions as well and just kind of nerd out about hiking. We have a lot of fun here. If you're new to the program, I encourage you to subscribe, especially if that sounds interesting. That would be really, really cool. And speaking of really, really cool, this week's guest, that's a great transition, isn't it? This week's guest, Philip Karsha, he's back for round three overall and round two of this like little mini series that we got going here. Over the course of these three episodes, I feel like we pretty much got his entire story of the single year grid out there. I mean, at this point, it'll be over three hours of content of, yeah, I mean, I just said it, Philip telling his story. I mean, it's so incredible. If you haven't listened to the other two episodes, definitely go back and do that. That is number 24, the original one we recorded back in April, and then last week's episode number 37. Definitely go check those out if somehow you stumbled upon this and haven't heard those already. And yeah, I mean, Philip really just puts it all out there. We kind of wrap up the story here. We kind of bring it to a conclusion, and I think it is so awesome that we have all this recorded in a long format. I'm, I'm so stoked. I say this a bunch during the episode, like at the end especially. I'm just, I'm very, very happy with how this came out. And Philip, when you hear this dude, thank you so, so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to get into part three or kind of part two. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. We're going to get into the episode in just a second. First, I'm going to I'm gonna make this quick, I promise. Two things I got to say. The first is I would really appreciate your feedback. And if you kind of help me out a little bit, if you enjoyed this episode and other episodes, go follow the show on Instagram. It's at Trail Tales Pod. Facebook, type in Trail Tales. Go like the Trail Tales Facebook page. That would be amazing. And if you want to be even more amazing, you can maybe leave a five-star review on Facebook. I guess Facebook, you can review pages and shit. I don't know, but please go do that. I've got a couple of those. Or even even better is an iTunes review, a five-star iTunes review. I, I really appreciate that as well. It really helps rank the show high. It helps, uh, it helps expose more people to the show. And if you enjoyed this, I would really appreciate that. That would be sweet. You can also send me an email, trailtalespod at gmail.com. I kind of mumbled that. Let's say it again, trailtalespod at gmail.com. That would be cool if you send me an email, just some trail suggestions, some guest suggestions, some overall feedback for how I do the show. You know, definitely not an expert, always looking for feedback. That would be really cool. The second thing I want to say real quick here is I need your help raising money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. A good friend of mine, Colby Zemendorf, he was a guest on the show way back in episode number 15. He started this organization called 46 Climbs, where during the week of August 30th through September 8th, you're going to pick a mountain that you want to hike. You're going to go to 46climbs.com. You're going to register that mountain, and then during that week, like I just said, you're going to go out and you're going to hike it. They're going to send you a t-shirt and some other goodies when you register. And like I said, when I started this little spiel here, all the money goes to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I started a Trail Tales team. That's why I'm saying this. I want you guys to go sign up under the Trail Tales team so we can kind of pool some of our money. You know, I've had a couple people do this, which I'm very, very thankful for, but I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping a few more people would. I guess I still have a little while to to raise these funds, but I would really appreciate that. It goes to a great cause. As much as I hate to say it, I know that most of us have been affected by suicide in some form, and I just think this is a great way to take something so negative, so awful, and turn it into something positive, and a great way to get outside. And yeah, I would just really appreciate that. 46 Climbs dot com go to the donate button type in trail tales or you can go through the link in the show notes i'm going to have that there as well to make it real easy once again 46climbs.com please help me raise some money for this great cause and yeah i would appreciate that um yeah with that out of the way i think we're gonna get into 
to episode number 38, round three, with Philip Karsha, single year grid, FKT holder in the White Mountains. So badass, let's do it. And we're back. Episode 38 of Trail Tales. Philip Karsha is on the show again. This makes him tied as the most, or the, the guest that's done the most episodes so far, which is amazing. And this is also a record because this is the first time I've had the same guest on back to back. So, Philip, dude, thank you for taking the time not only once, not only twice, but three times. That's so cool. And I'm stoked to have you here today. Oh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's truly my pleasure, Kyle. I mean, back in back in April when we first sat down and cut it up a bit, um, I hadn't really made my project, the single year grid, public in in any capacity. Certainly hadn't spelled it out to the extent that I did on that first episode, and it was just like an incredible vessel to get the message out there and to start the movement um, and to kind of get people involved and aware of what was going on in the White Mountain National Forest and the peak bagging community of the Northeast and. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm very, very thankful that you took the time to sit down with me back in April. And this this latest episode that that we released, I'm super, super happy with. And um, I just feel like, you know, a third one is kind of necessary because the story of the single grid is just so long and so elaborate. Um, it's, it's worth talking about a little more, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I just feel like this is, of course, I'm going to say this, it's my podcast, but like, I feel like <laughs> Not even just my podcast, but like this medium, this like long conversation format mm. is perfect for such a consuming project like this. Because obviously there's a lot that you have to talk about. Uh, it's it's I, I just like the articles and everything, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Those mm -hmm. are great. And that's a great way to get, you know, the word out and stuff. But yes. I feel like it's tough to really kind of go in on a sh in a shorter format like that so i think this is awesome and i know for a fact people have definitely been enjoying it and yeah dude i'm stoked i'm stoked uh, i appreciate the opportunity man I, I mean that truly awesome so yeah so those articles i just mentioned a second ago so <laughs> today is uh wednesday july 24th i know last week's episode we made it sound like we were going to record right after like we were just going to keep it going basically and chop it into two episodes and we were going to do that and then my dumbass kind of botched the recording. Thankfully, we were only about 10 minutes into the second episode, so we didn't lose that much. But after that, we were like, okay, we'll just take a day off and we'll we'll come back and do the second episode after that. Yes. So that's yes. what we're doing. But since just uh, Sunday was when we recorded last week's episode, um, since then... Dude, like your shit is popping off on like Outside Magazine. Uh, it's on Backpacker Magazine. Like, I dude, it's, it's everywhere. Like, that's so fucking cool. Like, I always, like, first of all, I, I just got to say as well, like, Trail Tales was mentioned in the Outside Magazine. And actually, yes. since, since that um, article came out, uh, Mac, I guess the guy's name is, mm -hmm. he has reached out to me and like he sent me an email and, and telling me he was a listener and, and all this stuff, which is mm -hmm. pretty damn cool. So, Mac, like, thank you very much when you hear this. Um, and like, dude, Philip, thank you, man. Like that never would have happened. Like I never, I literally commented this on Facebook, like, but like, I never imagined that this little podcast I started in my bedroom would ever like be mentioned, even if it was just for like one line in a publication, like outside magazine. That's so incredible, dude. And yeah, dude, thank you so much. I mean, again, it's a pleasure. And I was thinking about this on, um, on the ride over to my brother's house before we started recording. I mean, this is a best case scenario, man. You know, when I was getting ready to pull the trigger on this whole thing, you know, this time last year, the idea of making it through all 12 months and then getting national recognition for what I did, I mean, it just seemed like a dream. It seemed intangible. Um, is and it something that you even like considered really at all? I knew that if I was able to pull off the single year grid that... The project would speak for itself in yeah. such a way that it would garner some kind of attention. 
Um, and, you know, after, after April, after we did this podcast and after I kind of started going full bore into the social media end of things and, and just the trip kind of gained a little bit of momentum, a bunch of people started following, a bunch of people started getting invested. I, I, I realized even more so like, wow, this has the capacity to connect with a lot of people and, Definitely. um, you know, the outside magazine article. So, I mean, just to, yeah, lay it, lay it all, all out there in a, in a very non-ego driven way i'm just you know super super blown away and super proud of some of the things that have developed over the last couple of days so i had an article drop um for outside magazine that my buddy mac uh mac wrote over the course of the last four months or so worked super super hard did an incredible job like so grateful to that dude it was unbelievable man his, everyone his should writing, go check it out if you haven't already for sure um and then I had a piece in Backpacker Magazine drop, um, very, very similar content, a little bit of a different twist, was very fortunate to be able to get a, a whole catalog of, of my images from the single year grid. Oh, nice. Uh, accompanied with the, with the story, which is just like an unbelievable yeah. honor, like shout out Backset, uh, Backpacker Magazine for, for giving me that opportunity, shout out Outside Magazine for... Um, you know, coming through and trusting Mac and his vision, um, you know, also had some press in, in the local paper, uh, the Worcester Telegram and Gazette, the, the hometown paper that was just like unbelievable um, tonight, um, uh, Wednesday, you know, this will this will be a little bit late for when people actually listen to this. But tonight, Wednesday, if you're in the New Hampshire area, um, you know, uh, New Hampshire Chronicle is gonna is gonna air a little piece on the single year grid and the, and the White Mountain Diartissima, and that's gonna be available for viewing tomorrow morning, Thursday on online, so people can look out for that. It's just been like a dream, man. It's it it's been insane, and and I'll I'll just say lastly, you know, on the on the way over here again, I was kind of thinking about this. It's just amazing that you know I can go out and throw down on this unbelievable project and kind of like start this wave so to speak and like now a bunch of my homies are able to like get some credibility and, and ride on that wave as well you know like mac was mac was now you know able to get published in outside magazine your your podcast that you started in your basement is now you know featured in in outside magazine you know the the notch hostels name has just been absolutely everywhere serena and her business are getting you know some some notoriety and some and some additional credibility um you know beyond what they already have and it's just like i don't know man again just the best case scenario so sick you know i'm i'm eating i'm getting full i'm i'm getting mine i'm i'm getting the recognition i think i deserve and you know, a bunch of my other my other homies who believed in the project and who helped support me along the way are also benefiting from yeah. it. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. it's just so sick. I love it, man. It's so awesome, dude. And I'm I'm so stoked for you and and the fact that the notch is getting like some credibility too is or not not some credibility, that's not the right word. Like some uh, some I don't know, just getting their name out there even more is is super awesome. For sure. And and you know, I said this, you know, right toward the end of the last episode. Shout out to the Notch Hostel because because I couldn't have completed the single year grid without them and because they bent over backwards to make sure that um, that they were helping facilitate this goal. So for them to to get, um, you know, that credibility and that limelight and that that name pushed out there to a bigger, wider audience, like, I mean, I'm 100 percent all for that, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, I have some bad news, Philip. Turns out that you didn't actually complete this grid because I'm looking at the Facebook <laughs> comments of Outside Magazine of the post they made. And according to this one guy, anything under 13,000 feet doesn't count. Yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> so I hate to break it to you, but I don't know, dude. You might have Oof. to call him up and tell him to take the article down. Jeez. I guess that means that I just got to do a single year uh, Colorado 14ers grid. I and, guess so. Um, Is that a know, thing over I, there? Probably. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't think I don't know if you could do it in a year. That'd be insane. Um, I I think it'd take a long time to grid all those mountains. But, um, yeah. On on the note of social media, I mean, you know, social media played a really really big role in in the single year grid for me. I mean, I remember when Sue was was completing her calendar grid, she just kept everything so under wraps. Everything was so secretive and like. 
there's a part of me that like really, really loves that about her. And there was a part of me that was just like, man, I want to know more about this experience she's having. I want to see pictures. I want to see more than just like statistics on a blog every month. I want to, I want to get inside the actual human, the actual human experience. Yeah, man. And um, that wasn't really available. So when it was my turn to step up to the plate, I wanted to have the opposite of that mentality. I wanted to share everything that I could. I wanted to put myself out there. I wanted to go live. I wanted to let people sort of, you know, live through me, live with me on these experiences, come to these mountains with me. Um, and, and that was a really, really important component. That being said, I knew the entire time that putting yourself out there to that capacity to, to so many people was going to absolutely open me up yeah. to, you know, <laughs> it's only a matter of time. For sure, man, you get, um, you know, you get all the love you can imagine. And on the opposite end, um, you kind of get all the hate you can uh, imagine. Not that much. There's only, mm. a, there's only a little bit. I mean, granted, I, I can't really see your DMs, but you know, I can, I can read the Instagram comments and the Facebook comments and stuff. And it seems sure. like there's just a very vocal, like small group of people that are really upset about this for some reason. Like, I don't really understand why, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel you. And of course, like there's always going to be so much good than there is bad. And the, the positivity and the uplifting messages will always outweigh, you know, any any, any hate or any negativity but you know let me tell you something man you know during this during this project you know some of some of these comments on social media and some of these some of these moves that that people made specifically to try to you know discredit or yeah or or twist what i was trying to say i mean some of the stuff that came out of that i mean that was the first time in my life i had ever read you know things about me that were so vile and so oh, vicious so bad, and, and so and so wrong from people like that I had never met, never heard of. Like that really kind of woke me up to both to both sides. And and, you know, up until that point, it had kind of been like all love and I had almost gotten too much love. You know, I almost had yeah. some blinders on. And, um, you know, when some of these posts came up in these in these 4000 footer based forums and, and, and when some of these comments were made and when some of these people were trying to discredit discredit me and paint a, a warped picture of of my message and and my intentions um that was a real big wake-up call man it, it really taught me a lot about you know just self-restraint and you know taking a step back and and really um re refocusing and and you know really blocking out the things that were gonna potentially derail me and just focus on you know the people who who believed in the project um it's, it's pretty ridiculous like i remember I don't. I don't want to harp on this too much because it's really not that important. But sure. a couple episodes ago, I uh, I did a, a thing trail grievances with one of my buddies, mm. and one of my grievances was like the hiking Facebook groups and just like how ridiculous <laughs> some of that shit is. So like my listeners, my regular listeners know that like I just I find this stuff kind of fascinating. I, I I mean we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I find it mostly humorous, honestly, but there was yes. like some pretty some pretty nasty stuff that was said about you, and it's like. Why, like, why say it? Like, I don't, like, you can think whatever you want to think. Like, if you think Phil's like bragging, which I don't agree with at all, but like, if you really <laughs> think that, like, fine, you know, that's whatever. But like, why, why did people just like make comments about it? Like, what's yeah. that gonna do? You know, it's like, who cares? Just get off social media then. A hundred percent. And, you know, we were cutting it up a little bit before we started recording and we were talking about the, the outside magazine article and the link that was posted um on the facebook page and how you know on the ride over i was i was looking at it and i saw that there were a bunch of comments and i was telling myself like don't look at the comment section don't look at the comment section <laughs> and i ended up jumping jumping in there and you know what man like there was a there was a nice healthy mix of of love and also like a little bit of of contempt and, and negativity and i could do nothing but just laugh at it aaron brown says get to work as if you weren't fucking working this entire time, like <laughs> well, how ridiculous. That's, that, yeah, man. And 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 like I said, when I opened up that that comment section, I really was able to read everything and just sit back and love it because so many of the comments, like get to work, these types of things, that's been like the biggest critique of me this entire this entire time. People who who don't know who I am, who don't know what I got going on in the White Mountains, who think that like. 
I've just got like an endless stream of income that I don't have to work. Like I worked every damn week during the single year grid. The the only two weeks that I didn't work were the diuretism on the front end and the diuretism yeah. on the back end. Um, because and it's, I just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous too, because you know, the people that commented that didn't actually read the article. Because it literally says in the article that yes. you were working while you were fucking doing this. It literally yes. says right here. He took a job doing various tasks at the Notch Hostel, living in a tiny house up back while working most of the hours he wasn't hiking. <laughs> so it's like it's yeah. right there, people. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, like I said, man. It's it's all laughable now. And and as kind of like a, a final comment, um, probably like the most comical part to me is that the people who are like, I mean, I. I love the hate more than I love, you know, the, yeah, the blessings <laughs> and the positivity in, in a certain, in, in a certain capacity because the, the hate and the negativity and the questioning and, and the attempted derailing, like that just fuels me so heavy, man. Oh, I'm like, sure. I mean, I, I don't think about it a lot, but like reading some of that stuff, you know, you can't help but feel like, okay, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to, regardless of what's being said, regardless of public opinion, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do what I've always done. And that's just give myself fully to the mountains for that sure. I've been coming to for 20 years straight For up. sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's all that needs to be said about the, totally, uh, the, the negative part of the social media thing. But yes. I know you, you, you before I, I put you on that route a few minutes ago, you were kind of talking about, you know, a lot of the love that you've mm -hmm. been getting from this. How has the response been? And like, is there anything else that you want to kind of talk about um, relating to social media and kind of the community role in this project that you undertook? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I mentioned, the the, the love and and the blessings will always out outweigh any any hate and negativity. Um, the the White Mountain community is second to none um, through hiking the single year grid and even more so through working at the Notch Hostel. I have just had the good fortune of meeting so many kind and incredible and, and intelligent and talented people. And, and, and these are people who, you know, met me and heard about what I was trying to do and believed in this project long before I, I ever truly believed in it myself. And, um, you know, the, the people became such a huge component of the single year grid, you know, like when you're out on the AT, when you're out on the PCT, when you're doing these very popular, iconic long distance hikes, you know, ask anybody who's through hiked, you don't necessarily remember all the mountains, but you absolutely remember all the people and, yeah, and the people become just as important as the mountains. And that absolutely rings true with the single year grid. Like, especially when I started to go heavy on the social media end, just like the outpouring of like love was just crazy to a certain degree. Like the people who would just log on to the live videos, send me direct messages, just like show me support. People who didn't know me, who didn't know, you know, anything about me, had never met me, like going out of their way to just like make sure I knew they were behind me and that they thought what I was doing was rad and, and telling me to, you know, hang in there and work through it. Um, I mean, there were, there was like an, one occasion in May where I was soaked and freezing, uh, um, out on Bond Cliff in the middle of the Pema Gawasset, um, you know, surprise, surprise at, at on one of the last, you know, days of the month. Oh, and, <laughs> um, yeah, of course. And I get on my live feed and I just start broadcasting on on instagram live and i'm like hey guys i'm just letting you know i'm out here on a hail zealand bonds traverse um you know the conditions are getting real hypothermic i'm going to be jogging off bond cliff if there's anybody in the vicinity that um you know could pick me up at the lincoln woods parking lot in two and a half hours that would be super super rad because you know once again i was kind of forced in this position where i didn't have time to find a hiking partner i didn't have time to coordinate a car spot it was the end of the month. My back was up against the wall and I just had to execute. So I went out that morning without having a ride backed up on the other end. Bunch of rain came in, bunch of snow came in uh, <laughs> in, in late May. And um, yeah, I was soaked and I got on IG Live. And you know what? I got a bunch of inquiries. And, and um, after a couple minutes, you know, this this very, very kind woman, Denise, who lives down in um, either the Thornton, the Thornton area um i wanted to say campton but i believe she's in the thornton area she was like hey I'm, I'm on my way up to black mountain burger 
and I'm going to be in the area. If you need a ride, I definitely got you. And this nice. woman who I had never met, who had been following the single year grid for a couple months, who was reasonably local, showing hella love, rolled up to the Lincoln Woods parking lot with a bunch of dry towels and ice cold long trail ale. Nice. And like, dude, pulled me out of like what could have been a super uncomfortable situation because I had to jog pretty much the entire way off that mountain just to keep warm. That's how cold it was getting. Um, and like, that's just one example of like the community coming through in so many ways, man. So many car spots, so many early morning wake ups, so much company on the trail, people helping me break through the snow, people going into these dangerous situations with me just so I had a buddy, you know, there next yeah. to me, a partner there next to me on the trail in those vicious conditions. I mean, the community just made this whole experience so much bigger, so much better. Um, you know, if if that hadn't been a part of it, man, it probably would have been a little bit of a lonelier, a little bit of a bleaker experience. Yeah, for sure. I, I just think that's so incredible. And honestly, just through you, I've kind of learned a lot more about like this like very like tight knit white mountain community. Like mm -hmm. I've I've been in the Facebook groups and I mean I've done the forty eight as well uh, over the years. So like you know, I was aware of it, but I, I wasn't really that aware of it. You know, I didn't really realize that so many people would be so like willing to like not only like cheer you on, but like legitimately like sacrifice and, and help out, which is like so amazing. And I think it kind of goes back to the social media thing, too. It's like when you're posting these things, you know, some people, I guess, are like, oh, he's bragging, he's bragging. And it's like, not really. He's kind of just mm -hmm. like you know, highlighting what can be done in these mountains. And a lot of people are very, very stoked because of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that's 100% true. And I'll, I'll kind of close out on this note. I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to exaggerate anything. But like, toward the end of this thing, man, I genuinely, genuinely felt like I was doing this just as much for the community, for the White Mountain community than, mm -hmm. than I was myself. And I mean that. I mean, that's that's how much love I, I, I was I was feeling like, you know, right right toward the end. That's how many people were chiming in. That's how many people were invested in seeing me get this thing done. I felt like I was I was finishing the single year grid on behalf of the White Mountain community just as much as I was finishing it for myself. And that's for a, sure. That's a powerful thing, man. Let me tell you. Absolutely. And uh, kind of going back to what you said like earlier on in the episode, kind of talking about Sue and how she didn't really broadcast her, yes. um, her journey. I feel like a lot of people might not have ever really considered that this is a thing that they can mm -hmm. potentially do. And, you know, not that I want anyone to break your record, of course, Philip, but, you know, <laughs> perhaps you've inspired somebody else to go and, and try to push these boundaries as well and, you know, just kind of give back to the White Mountain community even more, which I think is is pretty cool as well. So who knows? I yeah, I mean, you never know. I'm sure Sue wasn't necessarily expecting for, you know, somebody to come out of the woodwork, you know, some no-name no hiker out of Massachusetts to come out of the woodwork, you know, two years later and and, and go after the same kind of project yeah. um, she she did. And uh, I, I fully admit and acknowledge that, uh, you know, there could be someone out there listening who's, who's, who's getting stoked on their own single-year grid and who's putting together a plan. Uh, to try to take take my time down and 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 believe me, the time can absolutely be taken down. There's there's no way around it. Um, but that's more of an honor than anything else, man. If I if I somehow am able to inspire someone the way that Sue um, and some of these White Mountain old heads inspire me, like I'll take it. And if that means that I got to go out and and do a second single year grid to defend <laughs> my time, like. I'm I'm ready, man. I really oh, am. Oh, there it is. I, I need I need a little bit more money, but I mean that's <laughs> maybe a little more rest too. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll 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 agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a um, bit. That's crazy, dude. That's so crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't jump the gun too much on that. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, that's that's just big. That's just big talk, man. This is hype hype talk. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, no grit, no grid. So this is a phrase that i think you kind of coined and something 100%. that you something that you've included in a lot of your posts on social media oh yes. um kind of made it into i hate to say brand is not the right word for this but i think people understand what i'm going for there like just kind of like your phrase i guess yeah um why don't you just talk about that a little bit and i also want to ask you about the wolf thing as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean for me 
you know, I, I, I mentioned I mentioned this on the very first episode. I mean, in terms of the single year grid, I was plotting and I was scheming for many years before I actually pulled the trigger mm-hmm. on this. And I and I thought a lot about what it was going to take to actually see this project through to completion. And just one of the things that I casually thought about was the idea of mantras, you know, and, and repeating mantras. And, and a lot of people will tell you, um, a lot of very motivated and accomplished people will tell you that having a, having a personal mantra or personal mantras is an important part of, um, taking on any big challenge. And, um, you know, from the jump, I was kind of, uh, always looking for this, this relevant, relevant mantra uh that i could repeat to myself and 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 that i could kind of you know like share publicly and and hopefully you know hopefully give to other people to to use who are who are completing the grid Mm -hmm. and um and this this idea came up um of no grit no grid and and what the inspiration behind that was really was um coming in to the notch hostel suddenly finding myself, you know, last August when I started this project, suddenly, suddenly finding myself re-immersed in the Appalachian Trail through, uh, through hiking culture. Yeah. And, you know, a big, a big term on the AT, or at least in 2008, when I was through hiking, a big term was no rain, no main. Um, and yeah. so you, you hear like no rain, no main, no pain, no main, no rain, no pain, no main, these kind of variations. And I just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's super overused, but I always just thought that was so sick. And I, I would say that to myself when I was out on the trail, no matter how corny it sounded, you know, through yeah. like in the AT, like if I was going through something, Hey, no pain, no main. And, um, yeah, I don't remember exactly when the term no grit, no grid came into mind, but, you know, I've just always loved wordplay and, you know, you're constantly thinking while you're out there on the trail and one day, you know, no grit, no grid came into my mind. And I think, you know, that, that day I started incorporating it into videos and I started, you know, <laughs> signing it at the end of, um, at the end of, of my posts on Facebook and Instagram. And it just became this intense, mantra i mean i had videos of myself screaming this mantra (laughs) at the top of my lungs you know the very first snowfall that i saw october 13th 2018 on the summit of kerrigan you know i'm looking into my camera and i'm screaming at the at the top of my lungs about the first snow and you know winter is here no grit no grid and it was just like a hype train man and i then started seeing other people incorporating it into their posts mm-hmm. and i was like damn that's that's pretty telling you know what i mean yeah, this dude. is something that people can kind of latch on to and um yeah man it was just a mantra that i repeated to myself so much through the through the course of the single year grid and and i truly believe that when you look at the single year grid and what it requires um to actually pull like something like that off i mean it really comes down to just being a scrappy gritty hiker you know being being able to get up every day and do the same thing day in day out snow rain sleet bluebird skies blowing wind blowing fog just getting out there digging your heels in making it happen regardless of what you got to work with. Mm -hmm. And it just became the perfect mantra for me. It was very easy to remember, very easy to repeat. And again, like when you start seeing like other people in your community adopt it, all of a sudden, you know, the thing's got a a life of its own. And that's kind of what happened with this wolf identity. Okay. Um, If you, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about that. So this idea of the wolf pack, this idea of the of the wolf i mean you know this is this is something that plenty of people uh relate to you sure, know, the, sure. the wolf is uh, the wolf is like the the perfect vision of a spirit animal so many people identify um so many people identify with just the wolf pack and this idea of traveling like a wolf a lone wolf um so it was easy to kind of incorporate that into my white mountain identity, my single year grid identity, so to speak. Um, but the origin story with that is really just, 
um, developing a friendship with uh, a woman who became my most consistent hiking partner in the single year grid. And that's a woman by the name of uh, Alton Eckel, uh, better known as Wonder Woman. And her her dog, her very accomplished dog, probably the most accomplished dog in the yeah, White Mountains, um, Young Blood Cole. Um, aka King Cole, aka the White Wolf, you know? Dude, um, funny thing about that, I actually, it was not last weekend, the weekend before last weekend, I was in the Adirondacks, I was on South Meadows Road, this like fucking dirt road, kind of okay. in the middle of nowhere, and I'm driving by, it's pretty narrow, so I'm going pretty slow, and I straight up just like drove right by her and Cole, and I, oh, I really? saw Cole like ran in front of my car, not not like dangerously, but like he was, you know, he was just out and about, and I saw him, I was like, that looks like that looks like Cole. And then I see, and I'm like, oh my God, that's Alton. So I like cut out for a second. I was like, hey, what's up? It's me, Kyle from Trail Tales. And that's so sick. <laughs> she funny. didn't tell me that. Yeah, that's that's. It was insane. very brief. I was trying to find a parking spot and I wasn't sure if there'd be one. So I kind of just like said hi and kept driving. But yeah, I had to, I had to throw that in there. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's all over the place, man. Um, Yeah, she was in the- So in badass. The, yeah, in the Adirondack shortly after helping us throw down on the- on the uh, the last round, the diuretissima. Um, but, you know, her dog Cole is... I really hate to use this term because it sounds a little corny and a little, a little blown out of proportion, but, like, Cole, her dog, is a straight-up legend in the oh, White dude, Mountains. Oh, dude, for sure. If, if, every, if anybody doesn't know who Alton and Cole are, go back and listen to episode 32 of my show, I believe it was. I think, yeah, I think it was 32... Um, I had her on and she talks all about, you know, what she's accomplished and what Cole has accomplished. And it's absolutely incredible for sure. Yeah, man. I'm like for, I'll spend the rest of my life thanking, thanking that girl and her dog for what they did to help facilitate my dreams this year, because they came through on so many occasions. Um, I mean, there were just so many days out there that I followed that dog through the gnarliest weather and looked at that <laughs> dog put its head down and and face this stuff head on and just tried to mimic his capacity to withstand the hardship, you know? And and we had always referred to Cole as a wolf. We had always referred to, to Cole as, as the white wolf. And you start doing that on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, all of a sudden, you know, you're actually the wolf. And 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 you're not traveling with a hiking partner you're you're traveling with a wolf pack and you're looking at what you're doing and it kind of represents the single year grid represents you know the fringe edge of what's been accomplished in the white mountains and all of a sudden you just feel like you are this wild ass wolf rolling with a super solid pack trying to do the shit that's never been done mm -hmm. and that's a that's a very again that's a very powerful feeling and that kind of you know be the wolf became a super consistent mantra that I that I tried to repeat to myself because I I love that man I love picturing myself as an animal out there with a with a goal uh, with a goal in mind um, with with a sort of end game and um, you know that that just became again this 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 mantra that I was able to use and follow and speak on for the pretty much the entire length of the single year grid and um you know when people read that they started using it themselves again yeah. they started started to incorporate you know stuff into their into their own posts and start po you know you see people start posting the wolf emoji and it's yeah, just like damn yeah. like you know people are definitely getting behind this and 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 they're starting to use these mantras to meet their own goals um and that's just like so crazy to see, man, to think that you have that kind of positive influence on the community. Um, again, not to make it bigger than it is and not to speak from a from an ego driven perspective. But I was just like humbled by the whole thing, man. Yeah, like, I tried sure. to tried to start this wave and tried to get as many people on board as possible. And that's kind of what happened. And man, I'm just like so grateful. So grateful. Um, yeah, that, that's that's cool to hear because. I was like pretty sure it had something to do with Cole, but like mm -hmm. I wasn't like totally sure. So I'm glad I got to hear that one yeah. from the source. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. <laughs> plus, it works so well with the emoji too. It's just like yeah, be the wolf, you know. <laughs> for for sure, man. I mean, it's uh, yeah. It, it was a, it was a lovely thing that developed out there. It really was awesome. Uh, I think we're gonna go on to some Instagram submitted questions. So I threw a poll up. Cool. 
uh, I guess by the time people hear this, it'll be like two weeks ago um, when we were plotting for our first or our second episode, plotting for our second episode, um, the first of this little stretch here anyways. And so this first one here, um, I'm going to break it into two questions. Okay. So it was like highest and lowest points during the grid, but let's, let's start with lowest and then we'll move on to highest. So yeah, what was your lowest point during the grid? Hmm. Um, one of the lowest moments for me or lowest stretches, I, I still have to go back to that, uh, that November day where it took me 10 and a half hours to break through two fresh feet of snow going up and down Mount Cabot. Um, and that day unto itself wasn't necessarily a low because of course I finished, Yeah. I finished the November grid. I kept the project moving forward. First of all, I really felt like I was kind of at that point where I realized how, how tough this project was going to be. And, mm-hmm. and I realized like it was only December 1st and I still had the whole winter in front of me and I was already going through so much and working so hard to make this happen every month. It was just like a real wake up call. And then a very odd thing happened on the morning of December 1st. I just spent all day the day prior out, you know, breaking, breaking through two feet of trail or two feet of snow on, on unbroken trail and finishing the month and keeping the project moving forward, you would think I'd wake up and just kind of be like elated and feel accomplished. But I wake up on what I think is a Saturday or a Sunday morning, uh, December 1st, and check my phone when I wake up. And all of a sudden on social media, I see the most gorgeous bluebird day on all of the high peaks of the of the White Mountains, everybody and their mothers either out on Franconia Ridge <laughs> or sending a presidential traverse, and I'm feeling totally wasted, sleeping in, wasting the first day of the month um, after getting completely worked in the mountains the day before. Yeah. And I just like, I I literally look myself in the mirror and I ask like, how bad do you really want this, man? You know, like like how bad do you really really want this because yes yesterday was really really tough and yes you were out for 10 and a half hours but if you were truly invested in putting yourself in in a position to to complete this for the month of december you would have looked at the weather you would have seen what a beautiful day it was outside and you would have pulled the trigger on a presidential traverse or at the very least a franconia traverse because that was the name of the game in the winter when the weather was good i was supposed to be out hiking no matter how tired i was no matter how long the day before was i had to stay committed to the goal and i just sat there in my bed and felt so deflated and um I don't know, man. I was at a very, very interesting place in the project because I had just sent August, September, October, November. I was four months in. I had reached the one-third mark. And I kind of had this feeling like it was now or never. Now or never. Um, I was either going to move forward with the project and commit fully or I was going to say, hey, I got through four months. I tried really hard. I put in all this work, all this energy, all this effort, but this just isn't for me. There's just too much snow this year. It's going to be too gnarly of a winter. And if you look at my Strava profile, if you look at my data from those first five days or those first four four days of December, I didn't go out at all. Really? Which is insane. I don't think I've ever had a month where I didn't go out for the first four days consecutively um, aside from December and aside from September, because obviously I was recovering from the first round of the diartissima. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just in a tough mental spot, man. And I never really was thinking about quitting, but I just knew I just knew that I was at that that line, that threshold where it was like, you're either all in or you're all out. And that was a super, super scary time for me, man. And I remember talking to like my mom and I remember to talk talking to some of my friends and talking to Serena at the notch. And it was just so interesting, man, because I was like telling people about the hardships of November and how tough I thought it was going to be and how it was making me question, like if I was going to be able to do this and like, nobody gave me an out. Nobody said to me at any point, well, if you can't go on, like that's okay. Or, well, you know, you did the best you could. Everybody just kind of left it alone and allowed me to, you know, take some time to, to sort and to think and to recommit. And that's ultimately what ended up happening was that was a, um, that was still such a such a low point, man. You know, finishing yeah, out November dude. in such a uh, back against the wall kind of capacity, and then sleeping on the first you know four days of the month. You know, in a month where the winter weather was truly going to kick in, it was just like, 
man, it was it was a, it was a tough period to work through for sure. So that's the lowest point then. What's the highest point? What would you say? Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a tough one. That's almost as tough as, as recalling the lowest point. I mean, there were so many highs and so many lows. This of course was an 11 month project. Um, you go to hell and back, um, you know, a hundred thousand times over the course of 11 months. So there were, there were so many moments of just sheer bliss, sheer elation. A lot of those moments, um, came came around you know the company that I was keeping on the trail the companionship the shared experience that was something that I I truly started to appreciate over the course of those 11 months um but I think one of the best days was uh you know probably like toward the end of of any month just knowing you know that I that I had sent it and and that I was able to keep the the project moving forward I mean there was always this like celebratory feeling like immediately after I finished the end of the month it was like this instantaneous like reinvestment a little bit of you know chest popping just like wow man like I'm still in it like this thing that I shouldn't be able to do this thing that like you know at that time especially in the beginning a lot of people were kind of questioning you know this is something that I'm that I'm still moving forward, that I'm that mm-hmm. I'm still keeping alive, and so the end of the month just kind of served as a, a, a natural high point, you know, on on any given month. Um, if we're talking about um, you know specific days on the trail, like I don't I don't quite remember if I went into this particular experience in detail in the first episode. I think I definitely mentioned it, and I've written about it on Facebook and on Instagram and what have you. But the second to last day, so the last night of the first Iratissima. Um, I was pushing super hard. I was headed in a northbound direction. I was going over the northern presidential range by myself, um, you know, like 30 or 40 miles previously. I had my hiking partner, Andrew Soares, drop out because he had a super messed up knee. Um, so there was a lot of just added weight to the end of the journey. I was traveling through some of the toughest terrain of the journey, and I was heading up into the northern presidentials with a heavy, heavy uh, cloud cover. Uh, covering most of the higher summits and I was beating the daylight or trying to beat the daylight and again just so worked so sleep deprived I was traveling in a primarily unsupported fashion Mm -hmm. um, so carrying all my gear with me and I was trying to beat the daylight because I knew with how sleep deprived and how tired I was if I was above treeline after dark in that thick fog it was just going to be a nightmare in terms of trying to find my way across those you know seemingly dark featureless peaks in the middle of the night so I was pushing ultra hard get up to to tree line um there's still maybe like an hour and a half two hours before dark i'm trudging across you know the northern presidentials you know you know very well man madison adams these mountains are super tough to get up and over the terrain is so technical it's so slow going i was carrying a full pack i was at the tail end of an eight-day push and just trying to get up and over Jefferson and down to Treeline before before sunset, because again, I didn't want to be lost up there. Like that's always one of my big things is I don't want to put my pe- myself in a position where I could become disoriented or I could become lost because that's gonna that's gonna lead to much bigger issues. Oh yeah. And so I'm pushing hard. I'm just totally maxed out. You know, once again, Wonder Woman and and Young Cole are are out there with with food waiting for me, um, and I'm kind of hiking towards them. And I get up to Mount Jefferson. And it's probably half an hour, 15 minutes before sunset. And all of a sudden, all of the clouds just dissipate. And it reveals the most unbelievably thick, moisture-driven undercast I've ever seen in my entire life, never mind in the presidential range. All of the terrain, all of the mountains below the presidentials are completely engulfed in clouds and myself and the high peaks of the presidentials are all above them. Um, it's extremely dense. It's, it's very, very quick moving. You know, you could see this, like these fog banks kind of floating and moving. It was so ocean like, and to be up there at sunset, realizing that like, the fog had cleared. I would not get lost. I would make it down to the road, walk the road, walk out to the Kilkenny Ridge and complete complete the diaratissima and effectively, you know, pop off the single year grid the following day. Yeah. It was just so fucking next level, man. Like it's something that I'll always remember. And of course, visually, you know, the aesthetic was mind blowing, but the power and the meaning behind it, knowing that like I was starting 
this huge project and knowing that I had just finished such a, or was, was about to finish such a huge first crux of the project. It was just unbelievable, man. Like I'll, I'll never forget that night and I'll, I'll probably tell that story, um, for the rest of my, because it was just so impactful. And, um, you know, I, I even said leading up to the second diartism of the last round of the single year grid, I even said, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for more, I'm hoping to be blessed with more undercast at sunset in in the in the northern presidentials just because that one particular experience um stood out to me so so deeply and continues to just like yeah kind of haunt me in a really beautiful way even even now you know 11 months later. Yeah dude that's that's so incredible like so I, sick. there's there's got to be pictures right? Tell me you took pictures. Oh dude I, yeah. Not that absolutely. the pictures can do it justice cuz like you just said it wasn't just about the aesthetic but like that just sounds fucking sick and I kind of want to see that. Yeah, I mean there's a bunch of pictures up on IG. There's video, there's I got, you know, beautiful GoPro footage of this undercast. Um definitely going to be putting a bunch of that stuff out in the near future. Um that that was one of those moments where it's like yeah, I mean, I'm on a schedule here and I'm trying to like push hard, but like I've never really seen anything like this in my entire life, never mind in the mountains I cut my teeth on. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay right here and shoot this shit until the sun goes down. And that's exactly what I did. Nice. Nice, dude. Yeah. That's, that's so incredible for sure. Um, so this next question is not an Instagram question, but it kind of popped into my head while you were telling the story of your lowest point, actually. Cool. Cool. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna kind of relate this to my to my AT through hike last year a little bit. I know that for and a lot of my listeners have heard me say this for like the first half at least of my through hike, I was like I, I not really questioning whether I could make it, but like I knew like it was gonna be fucking hard and like I was grinding. I knew the chances of me ma- or I I knew that making it was like not like a given, right? Like I knew I had like a lot of fucking work to put in, and it wasn't until really that i got to vermont when i kind of had this like realization like shit i might actually complete this thing Mm. um so i'm kind of wondering if there was ever a similar moment for you with the single year grid and if there was like how far into the project were you very easy question to answer i did not for a single second consider the single year grid to be in the bag until finishing the second to last round so I had about six days off between the time I finished the June round of the single year grid and um, and the start of the of the July the, Ju- the the July round of the single year grid, and it really wasn't until those six days that I actually let it kind of sink in. I actually started to to believe and accept that. Even though I still had a really tough round in front of me remaining, mm-hmm. there really was nothing that was going to stop me from finishing. And it just became very tangible. It became very palpable. Um, and I started to like allow myself the luxury of like, you know, just celebrating a little bit, being yeah. like, yeah, man, you're going to get your ass worked on out there on this last round. It's going to be really, really tough. You're going to end up finishing in really, really tough shape, um, really, really ragged shape, but ultimately there's no stopping this now, you know, like you've, Mm -hmm. you've, you've kind of done it. And I, and I started, I think I first started saying things like, well, when I finish the grid, as opposed to if I finish the grid. And of course people had been like assuming and, and quote unquote, knowing I was going to finish for many, many, many months before, before then. And I've, I've said this many times before. I mean, um, you know, my friends and my family believed in this project, um, in a certain way long before, I ever really could. Um, and that was because like I had a, you know, I had a grasp on the, on the amount of variables that were involved in something that long. And I knew how difficult the mountains were going to be. And I knew how wild the winter was, but, um, I don't know. There were a lot of people who believed in this long before I did. Um, and I really didn't start believing, believing that it would be a complete project that I saw through in its entirety until the end of that of that June round. Okay, um, interesting. And I, yeah, and I know we like well, we talked a little bit about this toward the end of the first episode. You know, there's just too many variables. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was. It's not like I was filled with self-doubt. I knew what my own personal capacity was, but I just knew that there were so many things out of my control. I knew that I couldn't control the weather. I knew that I couldn't control the the road conditions. I knew that I couldn't. Um, you know, c- control 
to a certain degree how long I was going to need to spend out on the trail um, to to get these miles in and to make these make these peaks happen. Um, it was just a completely unpredictable situation for the better part of 11 months. And I, and I told myself time and time again, like you would be very foolish to assume that you have this in the bag at any point before it's actually in the Mm -hmm. bag. And that, that rang through, uh, that rang true throughout the entire trip. And, um, yeah, again, it wasn't until that last week of June that I actually was able to like, look at myself with a certain amount of, of certainty, a certain degree of, of, of knowing that, um, Yes. Okay. The single year grid. I'm. I'm going to complete it. It's. It's actually going to happen. It, it was. It was crazy to hang in the balance for that long, man. Like, yeah, it, for sure. it was very, very strange. Like, you know, going through, you know, the long trail out there for a month, you don't really know if it's going to happen, but after a month, you're home. And I mean, five months, six months on the AT, on the PCT, these longer trails, like, don't get me wrong, man. It's a little, you know, it's a little stressful to not know if you're going to send the whole project until you actually send it. But going almost a year, man, I mean, that yeah. was just absolutely insane, especially like in the winter where month after month it just kept getting worse and worse and harder and harder. I had no reason to believe that it was going to get sent, you know, yeah. until until it was actually sent. That's yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. I think it's also incredible that you literally just said earlier on in the in the show that you could see yourself doing it again, too. Like that blows my mind, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a that, yeah, that's a bold statement. And like I said, you and know, you, you a didn't lot of, commit to it. Nobody no, held him no, to it. But no, I, mean, I mean, the fact that you're even willing to consider it, it's like, damn. <laughs> well, well, I think more than anything, man, that's just a testament to how much I love these mountains. I think you so know? too. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I I don't necessarily know that I'd be willing to hike the PCT again, you know, or or do some of these other things that I've already done, but. Um, if there's a, if there's a reason, uh, if there's a true reason for me to hike all 48, 4,000 footers in the white mountains in, in every month consecutively for 12 months, again, at some point in my life, if for whatever reason, you know, <laughs> that seems like, um, a, a tangible thing. Like I definitely, even with his, as difficult as this was, like, I certainly, I so I certainly won't rule it out. And if it's a scenario where like somebody had actually stepped up to the plate and gone after my time and and lowered it i mean i think that would just like ignite this undeniable fire in me man because like this is such a big part of my identity right now you know this is something that i committed a year of my life to this is something that i i spent so much of my own money and my own time and my own energy and my own effort on it's like it's a deeply personal thing to me man you know um like there's just no way that i would sit here and say no never again like i'll never do that again it was just it was it, it was really hard, but it was just too too beautiful to rule out. For sure, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so this next question, another Instagram question, going back to those. So you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but I'm going to clarify. The question was, what motivation did you use while you were in a tough spot? And I just want to like yeah clarify. I think the person who asked this question was more going for like um like tangible kind of motivation, like not necessarily like the, oh, the community backing me and like the greater mm-hmm. goal and like that kind of motivation. Cause obviously that's, mm-hmm. that's a big thing too. But like, I think they were going for more just like, like more instantaneous things. Like, I don't know, like music or, or things like that. If you kind of catch my drift there. Yeah. Um, you know, man, I, I really don't want the podcast to take a dark tone. Um, but my, you know, one, it's something that's really important to me is to just, you know, keep things super honest and super real. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I had a lot of really interesting mechanisms out there for, for suffering well, you know, for, for back of, for lack of a better description. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of consistent mechanisms that I use to pull myself out of tough, tough, dark scenarios you know particularly surrounding the winter where i was just forced to wake up so early every morning and get out onto the trail by myself every morning navigate these roads navigate these snowy arctic abyss like conditions by myself i mean that like requires motivation man that requires (laughs) um talking to oneself talking talking to oneself very seriously and and figuring out what it's going to take to keep moving forward and um you know, a, a lot of it was just gratitude for having the capacity to move 
my body in the way that I was moving it. You know, gratitude for for even even having the opportunity to electively suffer in the way that I was suffering. Because again, this was all elective. Um, and then I would kind of get on this train of thought where it's like, there are so many people in this world, man, who are suffering and who have suffered that, you know, where it's not elective. And something I've been very public about this entire time is, you know, th the first moment that I ever thought about doing a single year grid was when I was in the White Mountains trying to mourn the death of my father. You know, mm -hmm. my father passed away in the fall of 2014. Um, it was very unexpected. It was very difficult on my family. This this gentleman was the cornerstone of of my family. And I went to the White Mountains the following summer and climbed all 48, you know, over a, th a three week period living out of the back of my truck for the for the first time. So, um, you know, the death of my father was um, heavily into the, the story of the single year grid and the origin story of the single year grid. So I would think a lot about him, man. Mm -hmm. And in my in my in my darkest, most desperate moments when I was out there for hours and hours by myself, literally in snow up to my knees, up to my thighs, up to my chest, crawling through a canopy of trees where there is no trail like I would think about my father dying, you know, I would think about my father on his deathbed when he couldn't move, when he was immobile. And when I would watch him for hours staring up at the at the ceiling, thinking about, you know, what is going through his mind, like, these are all things that I drew upon to help myself move forward in this moment. Because when you kind of compare those two scenarios, you just yeah. still, I mean, there's no way around it. You realize how fucking good you got it, even if you're freezing your ass off even if you're up to your chest in snow, even if you're working on this project that has no guarantees it's it's going to be finished, like, you realize how lucky you are, man. You realize how incredible of an opportunity you have to travel through these mountains and to, again, suffer in an, in an elective kind of way. Um, yeah, man. I mean, th th these mechanisms, me mechanisms have the capacity to pull me out of some really, really deep deep, deep spots. Um, and then also like on the opposite end of that, man, like there were plenty of lighthearted mechanisms that I use. It's <laughs> like, you know, when I'm running off Bond Cliff, you know, we were talking about this earlier, running off Bond Cliff, totally soaked, you know, freezing my ass off, hoping this woman who's agreed to come pick me up is actually going to show up. You know, I'm, I'm jogging off really, really uncomfortable. And I'm not thinking about my dad, man. I'm thinking about, wow, okay, in three hours, I'm going to be at Enzo's Pizza in, you know, downtown Lincoln, enjoying a couple slices, drying off, like laughing about all this. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. that is just enough to keep you moving forward, man. It really just like depends on where you are emotionally on that day, how tough um, it's really getting and, and what you think is the best way to navigate that. So, um, yeah, man, it ran the gamut in terms of, in terms of how I tried to pull myself out of the, some of, some of the darkest, darkest places of the single year grid. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. I feel like that's kind of a good place to start to wrap this up, dude. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. Holy shit. I can't wait to put this out. I mean, I feel <laughs> like, I mean, I guess you can speak to this better than I can, obviously, but... I feel like through these three episodes, like we've just gotten so much of this story out there and mm -hmm. like, ah, mm -hmm. uh, dude, I, I'm so glad we, we were able to capture this. Um, I will say though, the last question that I'm going to ask here, this is actually the most common question or not the most common, like the, mo the most frequent question that I got mm. when I put out this Instagram poll. Oh, I can't wait. And it, this might be tough to answer. You might not want to answer this. It might be kind of ridiculous to expect you to answer this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. What's next, dude? What's next? Oh, man. Kyle, how did I know you were going to ask that, my friend? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, I'll, I guess I have to say the same thing. That's definitely, uh, definitely been a question that has been asked of me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, multiple times by many people throughout the course of this journey. Um, it's, it's something that I've been thinking about for months before I even knew like whether or not I would finish the single year grid. Um, and you know, my, my whole thing is, man, is I think talk is cheap. I think talk is very, very cheap. I think there's a lot of people out there, um, talking a tough game and, and never really executing. Um, I, I definitely don't want to make a habit of that. Um, I like to just go out and do. I like to to plot and scheme 
and plan and then do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of like, yeah, dropping anything, you know, any, any specific information, like I'll probably hold off on that. But I, but I will tell you that over the next, I would say two years, there are four different multi-month thousand plus mile projects specifically in the white mountains really that that i would like to that i would like to throw my name on and um some of these things have been attempted before some of them some of these things are completely new but at this particular point man i've been coming to the whites for almost 20 years you know again i've i've cut my teeth i've cut my teeth in these mountains i've made a ton of mistakes in these mountains um you know, I've, I've released a lot of, you know, super heavy personal burdens in these mountains. They mean quite a bit to me. Um, they, they move me, um, quite a bit. And I just would like to be participating in the, the fringe edge of what's being done out here. I mm-hmm. would like to be walking on that, that thin wire of, of what's been done and what hasn't been done. And, um, you know, really kind of take all my energy and, all of my, all of my effort, just in terms of like pursuits in the outdoors are concerned and, and focus them, focus them on the mountains that, that I love. Um, and, and this is something we've, we've talked a little bit about before, but, um, this is my place, man. Um, I love the white mountains. I've been coming here forever. And when I think about like my future in the outdoors and what I want to do and what I want to try to pull off, I've said this before. It's it's all about the whites, man. It's all about the whites. The whites are king. So gnarly, so gnarly. That was incredible, dude. Oh man, I I, I just <laughs> said this, but like I cannot wait to put this out. This is so good, so good, dude. Thank you so so much yeah, again man. for coming on three times. Um, I think people are really yes. gonna like this. Everybody listening, like definitely let me and Philip know what you think of all this. I mean, mm-hmm. dude, so good, so damn good. Yeah, man. Yeah. And just, just in closing, like I'll take a super quick opportunity to shout out everybody who has sent me messages and kind of come out of the woodwork and shown love and, you know, ask questions and, you know, re- reposted blog posts and reposted articles and um, shared their personal stories with me. Like it's just made this whole experience so much more profound, so much more, more meaningful. And I will spend the rest of my life, you know, thanking the, the White Mountain community for their acceptance and their love and support as I chipped away at this huge lifelong dream. And like, I, I can't thank these guys enough. Awesome. Awesome. I think we're going to wrap it up then. All right, man. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Philip, thank you again. One more time, man. This has been incredible. Hopefully I will see you this weekend while I'm driving through. Yes, sir. And yeah, have a good one, everybody. Shit. I don't even, I don't even know how to end this. Goddamn. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We ended it. That's it. That's it right there. Fuck yeah.